Welcome to the She Do That podcast. This episode is a Q&A with the animators Eloise Garlic and myself, Han Lau Walker, following our lovely two-part episode on freelance animating. Now, if you haven't listened to those episodes yet, please hit pause and go check them out now. They're packed with useful insight in starting out in the animation industry and, of course, an all-important money chat. But now for this episode. We asked you, the listeners, to send in your questions. We wanted this to be a helpful way to engage with our audience and cover anything we may have missed in the previous episodes. We have some important questions to get into, so without further ado, please welcome Eloise. Hi Eloise, how are you doing? Hello, I'm good thanks, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Thank you for coming back and doing this. It's good to have you here. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to answer some questions. Yes, but yeah, how have you been? What have you been up to since, was it March last year? It's been a solid year and a little bit. Oh my God, how have you been for a solid year and a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good, good. There's been some steady stuff going on, which is great. I'm now officially working as an animator on jobs, not just cleanup. Woo! Congratulations! That's amazing. It's happened. Yeah, how are you feeling about it? Yeah, great. It's still quite daunting because it's. I'm kind of like in the the first little stages of it. I'm a little fish in a big pond again, but it's nice. It's it's a nice feeling, and I'm. I feel like I'm being challenged again, which is nice. Oh, that's so nice. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. That's Yay. great news. Yes. It's so weird to have like yeah seen you a year ago and us talking about sort of freshly graduating and starting up in the industry and clean up and then yeah to be able to be here like a year later going animation (laughs) yeah it's absolutely wicked yeah it's very satisfying well yeah then should we jump into some questions first question is is it recommended for aspiring animators to have a degree and which courses are best in london so yeah i think we both have i have a postgrad in animation and you have a degree how do you feel about that? I think for me personally, a degree is what made me realise that I wanted to be an animator. I didn't go into the degree thinking that that would be my outcome. I thought I'd go down more of like an illustration route. So I think I found it essential to be where I am now. But I work alongside, and I'm sure you do as well, <laughs> work alongside animators who don't have that academic background and are still extremely successful animators, extremely talented animators. So I I wouldn't say it's essential at all. Yeah, I totally agree. I feel, yeah, I think a degree, especially like, because the postgrad I did was only nine months. So like the idea of doing three years and accumulating massive debt, if you do already know you want to be an animator and sort of feel like you can learn those skills on your own. Yeah, I don't think you really necessarily need it. Like, yeah, I think the most like important thing is having like a solid show reel, isn't it, really? Like, I don't think, I don't know about you, but no one's ever asked me whether I have a degree or anything. They're just like, show us your show reel. Yeah, exactly. Like, the nine months that you spent on your postgrad, if you had taken that time to dedicate to just making a solid show reel on, off your own back, 
without <laughs> building up that huge debt. Um, it would have been just as just as great for your like personal growth and career track. Yeah, definitely. I think so. And I think, but I mean, I think the one thing that I definitely found worth in when it comes to a degree was the people around me like having you know other people sort of that I could collaborate with or like su- be supported by I think was really helpful and especially like I learned a lot from my tutor but I also learned a lot from the people around me which maybe like online courses or sort of yeah studying in isolation might not be able to help with as much but yeah did you find that at uni? I think the course that I did at the specific uni was maybe less like I don't really know like I don't feel like the people took it as seriously as I did so I think like the people around me maybe weren't the right people to grow with for me. They distracted you from it. (laughs) Yeah they were bad bad people no they were all absolutely lovely but maybe not as um driven and uh, you know, like willing to collaborate and, you know, um, excited about it. Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah. Yeah. Do you know of any courses that are really good in London? Because I think the only ones I know, seeing as, yeah, I graduated over 10 years ago, uh, but the ones that I sort of at the time were really good are like is Kingston University and Bournemouth University, um, both of which aren't in London. So, yeah. <laughs> Um, there's the RCA Masters. Oh yeah, and the yeah NF NF NFTS National School of Film and Television does a great Masters. Um, it's in somewhere beginning with B. It's like close, but not in central London. I don't think. Beaconsfield. Beaconsfield. That's it. Yeah, Central St Martins is based in um central in king's cross which is really nice so um yeah but i guess yeah degree wise have to get a mini degree first um to jump on a master's course but also if you did i think that people were looking to do online courses you know like kabaza patata's school has just come out which is great for beginners katie menzies being amazing um and jossie durrett's like photoshop animation course which um, is amazing and super dense and that's really nice when you want to like you want four hours of constant like constant amazing information there's also yeah Mograf mentors Henrik Baron his um his online course is really good uh yeah Mograf mentor um and then I think Mograf mentor and school of motion also do like group sessions so potentially you can like get a bit more university vibes if you're in like a smaller session with a few people oh nice yeah I feel like that's like helpful is like having people to bounce off of and like develop your ideas I think something that I really benefited in uni from was the the critic sessions yeah 100% because I think that's yeah I feel like that's really hard when you're learning alone is that like you kind of also are looking at stuff going is this good is this right? Yeah. Or why is this not working? Like when you yes. can't work out what is wrong. Yeah. And you're just kind of like f- looking it over and over. There is also the uh, the recent uh, animation for anyone that Alex Grigg has uh, released on YouTube. It's free as a bean and super helpful and like really bite-sized, like really 
great little snippets of information really digestible oh that's great and um yeah so generous to be putting all of it out for free yeah for sure no yeah definitely look at those he's great Shall we move on to the next question? Yes. Someone has written in, I'm also a recent graduate myself and I've been struggling to find the right job with enough pay for me to sustain myself. I want to ask you if you have any experience in how to reach out to people and what is the best way to promote yourself? Have you struggled with that or have you had, like, because I know I've heard loads of people sort of struggling, especially in the early days, to, like, manage those smaller jobs or like those that smaller paying jobs I guess and also like when you're not as well known the kind of like initial infrequency of work coming up I think you just have to (laughs) it is a struggle it unfortunately is and I think the struggle more is the anxiety of it more than it physically happening because I don't ever actually remember not being able to pay my rent or you know I'm lucky enough that financially it's always been able to cover itself but I have definitely got bogged down in the stress of it um which I think is just something that over time you you realize that I'd gone a whole year without you know having to I don't know ask someone for money or whatever I don't know but but yeah I I think no you're so right I think like it's so I think the anxiety and that's the problem with freelancing is that you that that kind of stress of like trying to feel comfortable with the idea that um you know jobs sort of pop up like quite sporadically and sometimes pop up and disappear and you kind of you feel stressed about taking a holiday or taking a break because you're like when will the next job come in like that's all super real um and I think that yeah it's just kind of coming to terms with that like like you're saying it's like getting used to that idea yeah it's so hard in the beginning to try and say sort of no to like really low paid work because you just feel like oh I just want to like I want to work and I want to like start making connections and things um and yeah you also need to pay rent and like how to manage that and I think um yeah the difficulty as well is sort of taking on too much work you know if you're taking on two jobs to kind of try and sustain yourself and the problem yeah and then having then the side problem of you know complete burnout so yeah I think it, it is something really challenging to manage and whether that means like taking on a part-time job or sort of doing other things to try and supplement your income um I know that Motion Hatch did a really good episode about trying to supplement your income to sort of support yourself which um I'll tag in the show notes yeah you just need to keep like trying to reach out to people and sort of make new connections and you know go to meetups and sort of chat to people just generally because I think all and when you're on jobs as well trying to chat to people because I think that's a really good way to start like making more connections and um getting more work yeah yeah totally take advantage of of who is around you and and what what they can tell you and what they can do for you yeah (laughs) um also yeah and also friendship but but I think um yeah and also you know in terms of like ways to promote yourself it it does I think that it is important to sort of be active on you know social media if you have time to which also you know is such a hard balance like the time commitment between doing sort of 
trying to fit in actual paid work and then trying to make your own thing to sort of generate more work. But, you know, if you if people can like sort of do small gifts or small illustrations or just like little things to keep themselves sort of active, I think it just like shows that you're kind of pushing towards a goal for studios, but also, you know, that people can like find you because you're popping up a lot on social media like Instagram and that. Yeah, exactly, which is something... I have yet to master. <laughs> I'm also not the best at it. This is, advi- <laughs> this is advice for myself. I'm actually talking to myself yeah, about promoting. <laughs> no one else listen. This is a private conversation. <laughs> this is a conversation I'm having out loud. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it should be kept inside. But, um, but yeah, it's so hard to like find new people. But I think it is, you know, sort of just constantly getting out there and also messaging people like, who you see that you really like, like just saying, oh my God, I loved this, um, you know, animation you did. If you're ever in the lookout for new cleanup people or assists, like, yeah, I'm here. If you're, you know, whatever, it's nice. And also that's always nice to hear. Yeah, great ego boost. <laughs> love an ego boost. <laughs> yeah, is there anything else you wanted to say on that one? Um, I think in terms of reaching out, like it doesn't necessarily have to be too um the people who are <laughs> could I be speaking any slower <laughs> it doesn't have to be to um like the director for example or like somebody who was an animator on the job it can be to the producer it can be to the animation studio as a whole like just jump into everyone's dms pockets yeah in slide there. in <laughs> yeah. slide in I think that's it yeah it's like you kind of I think sometimes on um when you're like maybe outside of a job you kind of think oh it's all about the director it's all about this person or that person but actually like everyone everyone's working on it and everyone is going on to the next job so you know you can make a lot of connections from just like showing a lot of love (laughs) for one animation to every single person on the team um slightly time consuming but that's fine um yeah so shall we jump to the next question um do you have any suggestions on whether to accept underpaid jobs passion projects when you don't have a secure income which i think is kind of i think i just started talking about that on the previous one but yeah underpaid jobs and passion projects um that's really tough because i think from my experience, I tend to only accept like those kinds of jobs when I can afford to, um, which is difficult because, you know, like if you really want to work on something or if you really want to like, you know, boost your showreel or work with a new studio, sometimes you do take underpaid jobs um, and passion projects. But I would say that, you know, underpaid jobs really slowly killing our industry and I don't think anyone should really be taking them and I'm saying that to myself as much as I'm saying it to everyone else because you know it it just like devalues everyone in the industry's work by if you're like you know supposed to charge like as you're coming into the industry supposed to charge like I don't know what what we we said with the lot the best rate was last time but if you're say charging 180 and that's like your worth to then go down to like 80 quid is, you know, 
not good for you and not good for the people around you who are working. So, um, but I can appreciate like passion projects where it's like, you know, a friend or someone you really like is making something then, um, and you just want to like help them out, then yeah, definitely go for it if, um, if you can afford it. But yeah, if you don't have a secure income, that's like very challenging. Yeah, what do you, what, did you have any thoughts? Sorry, Eloise, just rambled on. Yeah, no, I mean, you've totally covered it. It is the the balance between um, not not killing the industry and, you know, um, allowing allowing yourself and everybody else to be paid a fair rate. Um, And yeah, just just taking work because you want to take work. And I think that was a struggle for me definitely at the start because there was also that imposter syndrome. I knew what I should have been charging and I think maybe I didn't really believe in myself as much as I should have and thought that I should not be charging as much as these people for the exact same role because I didn't think I was as good as them. But then I was also forgetting at that point that I was, you know, allowing that to be okay for other people, which is not. But yeah, sorry, I'm thinking like, the question is, do you have any suggestions? But my suggestion is no. (laughs) yeah I guess yeah I mean it's yeah I mean if you if you're in a situation where you do really want to create you know um or sort of if you don't have access to you know pay properly paid jobs and your only like resource at this point is underpaid jobs and passion projects then I think you know you should if you do feel like you have to take them then negotiate with your producer on like how that works for you like does that mean that you are flexible with your hours does that mean you're doing it part-time like try and find a way that it doesn't you know cripple you like physically in the sense that you're having to work two jobs or mentally so that you're just like burning out and trying to do so much um yeah as well as financially screwing you over you know that that yeah it's fine trying to find some way that it does benefit you and you can like live doing it i recognize that these are not great suggestions but um it's just like a kind of yeah super difficult part of our industry that um i don't really have a good answer to no do you have Um, any suggestions i think in terms of passion projects yeah take them and they're extremely fun and they're more likely to align with who you want to define yourself as an animator or cleanup artist or whatever um 100%, yeah but again yeah don't do it to a point where you can't physically live <laughs> <laughs> don't don't do it to the detriment of your own life like yeah exactly. it's just <laughs> oh man it's so hard because yeah there's so many like super fun jobs and I'm so guilty for like committing to passion projects and then be like oh I haven't had a weekend off in so long or oh I'm like you know I forgot I'd said yes to that and trying to fit it around everything else and it sort of yeah creates problems so yeah yeah just (laughs) be wary and like you know also I think one thing I was going to say about um underpaid work and passion projects if it's for a studio you can also say to them you know I can do this job for like you know potentially like a shorter period than they want but just something that you can like afford to do also say like oh but next time is it possible to sort of like keep me you know in mind for like 
better paid work or you know something that like you know I can actually like afford to pay my rent with but just something so that it does feel like it is working for you because otherwise I think you can get into a position where you're always going to get underpaid work because people know you will work for a lower rate yeah I totally agree with that which would be really shit (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah should we go on to the next one then I feel like we've hopefully given something slightly helpful there Um, (laughs) maybe not Uh, but yeah so last question um yeah before we run out of time um how do I keep myself active in the freelance market um which I think's yeah a really interesting question uh if you know the answer I'd like to know it too I think um variety is like um you know sort of trying to go with a lot of different studios and move around and make new connections you know can keep you like quite active you know not I think I remember early in my career I kind of stayed in one place for a long while and I felt like I was sort of stagnating a bit and it was nice to then jump from studio to studio and find more stuff going on and also like making my own stuff and trying out different styles I think really helped keep me like engaged with the industry and just like even if it was just doing like small animation tests and posting them online and stuff I did feel like that was quite helpful yeah definitely getting your name and your visuals out there is um is a great thing yeah I definitely agree with what you said about working with a lot of different studios and different people the more fingers and the more pies the better (laughs) exactly and then like for that as well it's like going to meetups and events and things like making new connections and like and also I think finding like your crowd like the animators that you I think we spoke about this in the podcast like you end up being kind of like a little rotation sometimes of animators you know you end up being in like a crew that gets sort of maybe more consistently sort of employed and that's so nice to eventually find your people in this like very big industry so I think yeah like kind of um going to like events and sort of hanging out eventually you'll find that as well and I think that will keep you like again engaged with the industry and like interested on the off chance that you will see these freelancers again yeah yeah I agree um but also I think Taking time off is probably actually a good way to keep yourself active in the freelance market in the sense of, you know, it's a really fast paced industry. There's a lot going on. It's exhausting animating. And actually, I think if you take time off and relax and keep those energy levels like high, you know, have downtime to keep healthy, I think that will actually balance out to be good for keeping you like you know sort of more um engaged I've said engaged like a lot of times now (laughs) Um, I've decided it's my favorite word for this episode um but yeah to keep you engaged please have some downtime don't burn out get some rest yeah it's all super important advice because I think that's like you know like if yeah if you're keeping long working hours and you're just getting exhausted then you're not going to be able to like have that longevity because you know you 
did the amount of animation you were supposed to do in 10 years, in five years, and are bloody knackered. So I think, um, yeah, just taking time off, you know, keeps you active. Being inactive helps with being active, I would say. Yeah, you build up the energy and the, the drive again. Yeah, because you can, like, lose that enthusiasm super quickly if you're just, you know, knackered. But yeah. Yeah, what did you think? Was there anything else that you think can keep you active in the freelance market? That is a tough one. I think it was probably a question that would have been a lot easier to answer back when we were in studios. I think there was a lot, the, the shoulder rubbing kind of situation was a lot easier. Yeah, especially because it's like, you like how energized or excited can you get over slack like it's so miserable (laughs) i absolutely hate it yeah it really is there's some slack groups that like don't even say good morning sometimes and i'm like how am i how can i get excited about this job yeah you just feel so like it's you're so isolated in that way and i think that's um like that absolutely sucks i can't wait to get back to studios i'm like I think, you know, not only for like new people coming in, but also just for people keeping interested in animation. I think like getting into studios would be quite cool, but that's just me, I think. I mean, not just me, but like, I think a lot of people do really like being at home. Yeah, I'm mixed. I do, I do like being at home, but I think every now and then it is nice to go back in, maybe not even necessarily work, but just like have a, have a studio day where we all just mingle and catch up. Oh yeah, like I feel like that's like a like a Friday meeting or something where you're like, okay, everyone like work, I don't know, the morning or something, come in in the afternoon and have like a debrief for next week. Yeah. And then just go to the pub. And a little picnic. Yeah. Oh yeah, or pub, excellent. Or, or picnic. <laughs> <laughs> you know. We where... both know where it will end up. <laughs> yeah. It's like eventually pub though, right? (laughs) But no, yeah, I think you're right. It's just like that kind of, yeah, seeing people and chatting in real life rather than over Zoom is so much nicer and exciting and not like um, as dry as a Slack channel. Yeah. Especially when you're trying to make a a good impression on a Slack channel. God knows how you do that. (laughs) Many, many gifts. Yeah, yeah, just shower them with gifts. Yeah, your gift game has to be on point. I'm actually like, I know we were talking before we even started recording this about how much of a grandma I am with technology and I don't even know how to put a gif in a Slack. Oh my God, are you serious? I'm sorry, (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Elise, that's actually embarrassing. It's been like like a hundred years since we've been in this pandemic. Someone needs to show me. It's like all you need to do is like forward slash giffy. And then I think you like write a word, like forward slash giffy love, and then does like- Into the Slack. Into the Slack. Do it in your like own private message bit. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. I'm just doing it in the main channel. Uh, Slash, is it with two Uh, G-I-P-H-Y, is it? Oh yeah. (laughs) It's not going up with anything. This is not the time to be doing this, right? Did it work though? Def- no, but maybe oh, I because I've not got it installed. Do you need Giphy? 
Maybe I think you might need to download the app then. Yeah, I think I'm missing something. Something vital. So keeping active in the freelance market, learn how to put gifts into Slack. <laughs> Number one. Mm-hmm. Number that one. is absolutely top of the list. I'm feeling a little bit attacked right now, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I just like, can't <laughs> believe it. I got like mainly because I think like a year ago I was still struggling with it, with putting gifts in in Slack. So I always feel like I'm like I'm the last human on earth who's managed to like solve this like <laughs> seemingly simple problem so it always surprises me when someone else hasn't done that because I'm like but I was the last one I'm sure but <laughs> I was iconically last um um but yeah uh I should probably let you go because it is lunchtime um, I'm starving exactly absolutely starving but yeah thank you so much for coming back to chat and answer our questions and thank you everyone for sending in questions um but yeah thank you so much yeah, thanks for having me and i hope we were able to answer the questions in a helpful way yeah i hope so fingers crossed people can gain a bit of knowledge from <laughs> some sort of enlightenment from our absolute ramblings um yeah there's something in there like one or two <laughs> we said this last time Small we said the exact thing last time <laughs> oh my god every time but you know We'll have recorded enough of these soon that um, there'll be at least one useful thing in there, is what I'm going to say. I'm going to hope. Yeah. (laughs) But but yeah. Bye. Bye. (laughs) A massive thank you to Eloise Garlick for her time and knowledge. It's been so wonderful chatting about animation and hopefully shedding some light on starting up a career in the industry. Thank you to the audience for listening and sending in your questions. We really hope you enjoyed the Q&A and we look forward to hearing your feedback. Stay tuned for our next episode and from everyone at She Drew That, thank you for listening.